When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Chipped ham and football, that's what Pittsburgh does. Uh, my name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined by Brian Batko, hosting his show for him while he's the guest here on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. We had some um, trouble lining up some guests because it is the day after Christmas, and, and so that made things a little a little iffy, but we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Steelers and the situation at quarterback. Ryan was down at the south side, so really I don't think there's any be- better guest for his own show than him. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, it is strange to be uh, to be a guest on my own show, and uh, to just to be honest, though, we had Ray down there today. I was uh, watching from the comfort of home the okay. Tomlin press conference, but uh, yeah, I mean, we heard uh, everything he had to say about the Rudolph Pickett situation, and you know, hey, desperate times around the holidays they they call for desperate measures. Yeah, so Brian, why don't you just talk us through what Mike Tomlin said today and what your read on where the quarterback situation is heading here on Tuesday into a Sunday game? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult call for Tomlin, right? I mean, he's he's always going to come out strong, I think, with his uh, his version of things, and he's, he's never going to want to seem like he's wavering as the head coach. I think that's pretty much a classic page for many uh leader of men book but you, you have to imagine behind the scenes there's a lot of discussions being had a lot of uh you know factors being considered here i i thought the most you know sort of it was a low-key thing that he said but uh kind of encapsulated everything that they're in the same place as they were at the beginning of last week but obviously they're operating with much more comfort because of what they saw in stadium so translation they were impressed by Rudolph and what he did. And it's really, uh, it's fascinating because then I think it it even snowballs into another discussion of, okay, if you are going to stick with Rudolph, you make him your starter this week, depending on how much Kenny Pickett can practice with that right ankle uh, injury recovery, then, I mean, do you suit him up? Do you make him inactive? Is the emer- is he the emergency third quarterback? How do you, How do you handle that? Does it feel like he's then breathing down Rudolph's neck a little bit if he's uh, in uniform? Just a lot to consider and really an unexpectedly juicy subplot for Week 17 at Seattle. Do you think there's any scenario, Brian, where um, that they tell us what Kenny Pickett's status is if they don't intend to play him? So I I guess what I'm saying is if they've decided they want to go with Mason Rudolph this week, they're not going to – Mike Tom is not going to come out in the middle of the week and say, yeah, they're both 100% healthy and we're going with Mason Rudolph. Do you think they'll keep things deliberately murky to the point that, you know, they can protect Kenny Pickett from being seen as 
you know, being picked over for Mason Rudolph. Um, because that's kind of my read is why would you throw Kenny Pickett under the bus if you don't have to? And it seems like the injury gives them a, an excuse to say, even if they are more comfortable with Mason Rudolph on the merits, they're not going to say that. Yeah, and, and to that point, Adam, and it doesn't even have to be deliberately murky. It probably is murky when you're coming back from an ankle surgery, you know, in less than a month's time. And, uh, you know, for Pickett, believe he had that procedure, the tightrope on December 4th. This game's on New Year's Eve. So that'll be, what, 27 days, essentially, right around the same timeline that he was on it, his second to last season. I think it was 29 days that he came back. They had a bye week, though. Uh, and the, the big difference there, of course, he was the unquestioned starter. As soon as he was healthy, uh, Pat Narduzzi was going to go with him. I, I think it'd be different right now if Rudolph had struggled against the Bengals. I think you just have a different tone and, and tenor of this whole conversation. But the fact that he went out there and sort of did make it look like Mike Tomlin and company have been you know, keeping their best quarterback in the basement for the last few years, uh, it's, it's just... Uh, like I said, it's fascinating from all angles. And for Pickett, you know, I, I think part of the reason why you drafted him in the first round in the first place was not just the arm talent. And Tomlin was asked today about, hey, what's kind of your overarching theme to any uh, evaluation you have of a quarterback? And he said, oh, there's a, a myriad of uh, things that go into it. But arm talent's always going to be number one. So the physical attributes were part of it with Pickett. But I think a big part, too, were the intangibles, right? They liked the way he progressively got better at Pitt. They like the way that he's obsessed with the game and you know is going to be dedicated to his craft all the time. But I think a big part of it too is just that mental toughness. You know, he'll roll with the punches. Tomlin always likes to say smile in the face of adversity. I, I think they see that kind of cool, calm, collected customer in Pickett. So stipulating all of that, I think you have to, to say, hey, this uh, potential franchise quarterback that we still got, he's still 25. We think he can handle this if it does become a conversation about, are you the guy? Is Mason Rudolph better than you? You're going to face questions from the media if you do interviews this week. You're going to face outside criticism. That's really nothing new for Pickett. He still needs to go get it done on the field, don't get me wrong. But I think all of this drama of what's it going to look like if they pick Rudolph to start over him, I almost think you got to sort of put that over here if you're Mike Tomlin and company. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see and I, like I said, I I think they will avoid embarrassing him in any way or any setting up any suggestion that he's not their guy for the long term um because I think the injury kind of gives them cover to do that, you know, even going into next week you'd think um you know there, there's a good chance that they could use that to to kind of cloak their intentions and and I think that's probably what they'll do. Brian, what do you probably a little bit of the whole college football coach aspect of we're going to be cheeky here and not give the Seahawks a chance to spend 100% of their time on Rudolph and 100% or 100% of their time on Kenny Pickett. I, I don't think like Mike Tomlin's a 17th year NFL head coach. He's not going to do the whole you'll find out a kickoff type deal. Like I, I think he probably feels like he's above that to a degree, but doesn't hurt from a he, he would probably say it's a competitive advantage for us if our opponent doesn't necessarily know who they're preparing for with every single rep that they practice out there. And uh, right there, Renton, Washington, I think, is where the Seahawks uh, practice facility is. I'm not sure where that is in relation to Seattle, but I, I believe <laughs> that's where their facility is. Brian, um, I, I wanted to ask one last thing on the quarterbacks before we get into uh, some of the other injuries here. 
Um, there's been a lot of talk about the deep ball and, and how well Mason Rudolph throws it compared to Kenny Pickett. You mentioned the arm talent situation. Um, what, what's your read on, on that? And could Kenny Pickett have made some of those throws on Saturday if they were available to him um, in your mind? I think the first touchdown to Pickens was mostly on Pickens. I don't, I don't know if that was on Mason Rudolph. Um, obviously, the second touchdown throw to Pickens was beautiful, and we have not seen a lot of that in this offense. So what is your read on the arm talent between these two guys and and what the difference between them is? Yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said for, you know, Mason's got a certain skill set. It's not like he was a schlub who went undrafted. I mean, he was a third rounder for a reason, put up huge numbers at Oklahoma State. Clearly, he's got some ability in that right arm of his. And Kenny Pickett, you know, it took him a while for that to really manifest at Pitt. His second to last season uh, across the hall there was plagued by a lot of drops by his receivers. He, he wasn't as bad or I guess I should say he wasn't as mediocre as some of those statistics looked. But yeah, I mean, Rudolph showed you uh, sort of what his overall pedigree is in that game. I tend to agree with you. That was great scheme, great play call on that second snap of the game. I tend to think Kenny Pickett makes that same read, makes that same throw. The deep shot down the sideline to Pickens, I mean, look, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. What were a lot of fans and even some of us in the media getting on Pickett and to an extent the coaches for for much of the season, not using the middle of the field. Why is he going to the sideline so much? And Pickett himself would come in after games at the podium and say, we love our matchups on the outside. Basically, if teams are are giving us George Pickens or Deontay Johnson one-on-one, we're going to try to take advantage of that. Now, it wasn't always executed, right? It was better execution by both Rudolph and Pickens than we'd seen in a lot of these previous uh, weeks with Pickett under center. But uh, what, what I also think is just... Um, you know, unavoidable here, Adam, is that I think there's a little bit of narrative forming. People are, they're reacting to the hot, shiny new thing. It was, uh, it was one great game uh, from Rudolph. I know that there's been a, on balance, more good than bad, or excuse me, more bad than good, I think in year two with Pickett. I was discouraged by a lot of what we had seen uh, in recent weeks and in the last month or two. But I will say the last time we saw him out there fully healthy for an entire game, he picked the Bengals apart and he had his best, uh, arguably his best performance in the NFL. And I get it. I was discouraged by the Titans, Packers, Browns performances prior to that. I was discouraged by the first half against the Cardinals when he was in there, even though, hey, Trubisky came in and didn't get it done. Maybe Pickett would have. We've seen him play better as games go along. But as I say that, that that Pickett perhaps shouldn't lose his job after what we saw him do against the same team, against the same defense down in Cincinnati, I think the less prone to believe in Pickett, people are going to say, Brian, that was one game, to which I guess I would say Mason against the Bengals was one game. So what are we really talking about here? He had a 2019 season that was up and down. Some people were remember that more fondly than others. It is kind of unbelievable that we're in this situation late in the 2023 season, Rudolph's sixth year. And we're, we're sort of wondering like, is he giving the Steelers the best chance to win? The guy who opened this whole deal as the third string quarterback. I, I didn't see this one coming. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll admit if, if I'm wrong, I will admit. And I did not have this one uh, <laughs> on our uh, bingo card for week 17, December 26th. 
I think there's a lot more people saying that they said it than than actually <laughs> said it at the time. But um, Brian, we got to talk about some defensive injuries. Micah Fitzpatrick and Landon Roberts. Uh, before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of the Chip Tam Football Podcast with Brian Backo. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Brian, what, what's your read on uh, what's going on with Mika Fitzpatrick? I know he's supposed to practice this week. Do you think we see him in Seattle? And, and if we do, do you think he plays a majority of the snaps? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit pessimistic on his availability. Obviously, it's good when Mike Tomlin doesn't roll you out at the jump as he did with the Landon Roberts. Appears to be full speed ahead at inside linebacker with Miles Jack, Michael Walker, potentially Mark Robinson and Blake Martinez to a lesser degree. But yeah, the safety scenario, I think Trenton Thompson is going to be back. And when you talk about unanticipated phrases in 2023 at the end of the Steelers season. Um, good news on Trenton Thompson's return was not one that many of us expected in August or September, but uh, it does seem like if he's, because he initially was categorized as having a stinger at the end of that, um, you know, whatever, the Colts game, but, you know, he didn't uh, practice at all last week in preparation for the Bengals. I think he'll be able to get back out there, which gives you some more flexibility with him Eric Rowe and now uh, you know, safety Patrick Peterson. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to uh, to him after the game, but I saw him kind of heading for the exits in the locker room, and I just briefly turned to him. I was like, and now starting at safety Patrick Peterson, and he smiled, and he's like, that's a new one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin was very, very uh, effusive in his praise for Peterson helping out at safety. Eric Rowe coming off the practice squad after being out of football uh, from January from late August till November. Uh, we'll see what happens with the safeties. Uh, like I said, I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to come back. That knee injury against the Colts seemed more worrisome than a one week deal, but uh, he's returned quickly from things too, much like Kenny Pickett. So you can't count him out. Ryan, you mentioned Landon Roberts has been ruled out for this game. I mean, I'm getting the vibes he's he's done for the season. Um, and Our Jerry Dulac tweeted that it's not necessarily season ending. And Tomlin also didn't, you know, he didn't say that. I, I guess uh, Roberts is a tough dude. And, at, you know, knowing everything this linebacker core has gone through, I imagine his pain threshold is going to be pretty high for whatever's going on with his, uh, his pec injury. True, true. But for this week, we know he'll be out. Um, and, and they've got, like you mentioned, Michael Walker and Miles Jack. Is that enough? I mean, you did it one week. Can you, you know, for most of one week, can you do it again against a, a Seattle team that has um, a fair amount of weapons and they have their starting quarterback in, in Geno Smith back in the fold? It's worrisome to me. Uh, I think that's clearly an area of the field that opponents are going to try to exploit. I think the Seahawks, for some of their issues, offensively, they've you know, they've got an offensive coordinator who's been there for a bit in Shane Waldron. He's clearly done well rejuvenating Geno Smith's career. And, you know, we'll see who's at quarterback for them. The running back, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker is is dangerous. Tight end Noah Fant has revived himself a little bit after coming over in that Russell Wilson trade from Denver. So they they have some people who can hurt you in the middle of the field. And I have to imagine they are going to scheme up some things that put the kind of stress on the linebackers like the T Higgins slant deep touchdown that Michael Walker, I, I believe was just very out of position on that. And I suppose to his credit, uh, they, they kind of got, they steered the, you know, 
the the train back onto the tracks for the rest of that game and didn't get completely picked apart by Jake Browning and company. But that's easier to do when you've got Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, and in the front two or three breathing down your neck. So clearly pressure uh, will will take some uh, some stress off those inside linebackers. But again, I worry about the patchwork unit there from three guys that we you know didn't even think would be on this team. Uh, when the season started in another and Mark Robinson, who I think we've kind of been told more or less over and over, isn't quite ready for an every down role just yet. Yeah, I think we've seen that. Brian, um, be remiss not to talk about the playoff situation briefly. Ray Fittipaldo was asked in his chat today what he thinks the clearest path is. For, for him, he said the Steelers have to win the next two games and then two of Jacksonville, Buffalo, Houston, and Indy have to lose. How likely does that seem to you between now and the end of the season? I guess on the Will they get the help that they need? And could they beat the, the two teams left on their schedule? I think in that way, the, the game, the uh, Baltimore-Miami game is huge this week because if Baltimore wins, I think they'd be inclined to sit some people and maybe um, a little easier to beat in week 18 as opposed to if they win and they're playing for the number one seed, I think they're going to be going for it in the same manner that the Steelers are, wouldn't you figure? Yeah. And I mean, I'll just say this, Adam, like if the Steelers do find a way to pull out these two games on the road at Seattle and Baltimore, two difficult places to play, two teams that, like you said, at least for now, have something to play for. The Seahawks, of course, have everything to play for. They're in the same boat as the Steelers just over in the other conference. Whatever foot, whatever pack Mike Tomlin signed with the football devil long ago just makes me think, if the Steelers take care of their business, they're going to get the help they need. It, it seems to almost always happen. I know the end of last year it didn't, but that that even was kind of just icing on the cake because of the way they finished down the stretch. I'm thinking more about the end of that 2021 season where we're all kind of sitting here like, hey, as long as Ben Roethlisberger wins his final game, I think Steeler Nation will be happy. And then it became, okay, guess we're eking into the playoffs now because everything broke exactly right. Um, I, you know, I guess they have had times where it, it doesn't shake out. 2018, everybody remembers them watching on the scoreboard, right, uh, at, at formerly Heinz Field, now Acrisure Stadium. Um, or was that game on the road? I can't remember. I wasn't covering the team yet. I was covering Pitt at the Sun Bowl down in El Paso that night. Um, so shout out to Notre Dame, Oregon State. I guess I'll say go Beavs in that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, it. they've been in this situation a lot before. And I just have this, I have this sneaking suspicion that if they went out – one of those four teams that you listed is going to stumble in this murky, goofy, uh, just messy AFC. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll get the help that they need to. But I think what was it, 2013? There was that field goal that, that uh, I forget which team. Oh, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup. Yeah. 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 So, they, so they didn't, it didn't go that that way they either. So you know, yeah. And I still don't think I don't think we're going to be talking about the Steelers in the playoffs. I'll I'll go with the side of math here and, and it's what 10% chance or 12% according to the latest uh, algorithms from people who uh, calculate that. But I just, I've got this feeling festering in me that, you know, it's, I'm, I can't rule it out. If I had to bet on it, I'm betting they're at home the first weekend of the playoffs, but every, literally every passing day when we get a result in the NFL, I'm inching toward these guys are going to find their way into the dance somehow. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to, to watch. Brian, I'm going to let you go. Just want to thank a couple more of our sponsors before we sign up 
sign off here for good. Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White for over 40 years. Their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, with that, Brian, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for letting me sit in your chair. And, and yeah, I I'll, see if, uh, I'll see if I can get a guest for January 2nd. Uh, I suppose it'll have to be somebody who doesn't touch the brown stuff, uh, given that that's uh, you know, going to be coming off New Year's Eve. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have somebody else in the uh, Chip Tamman football chair next week. Yeah, nobody. Some people don't go hard for New Year's Eve, Brian. True, it's, a, true. It's, not the, it's not a big holiday for anyone. But we're going to do our best to line up a guest next week. But thank you for hanging in there with us this week. Uh, we'll be back, and, and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Christopher Carter is going to have a lot more Steelers talk on the North Shore, Shore Drive this week. And if you enjoyed this video, please pop a like, help us out in the YouTube al YouTube algorithm. We always appreciate it. Um, otherwise, talk to you all soon. Hope you all had a nice holiday. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.